Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. He's Anthony Pusick. How are you, ma'am? Hey, Donnie. What's going on? Good. This will be our final broadcast of 2023, so we appreciate everybody climbing aboard. We'll have a lot of social media today. We're going to have our top five today, and there's a lot to recap last night. I'm just confused, Anthony. I don't know what's going on in this sport. Uh, Somebody's going to have to sit down and explain to me like I'm a five-year-old how the Buffalo Sabres could give up nine goals on Tuesday to Columbus, embarrass themselves. We talked about it with EJ on Wednesday. Maybe it's time for a coaching change. Nothing works. The Toronto Maple Leafs are a great team climbing up the standings in the Atlantic Division. Dangerous team, and Buffalo puts a nine spot up on them? I I need clarity. I need an explanation. I need to know how these things happen. Well, it's a fun sport. Uh, it's very confusing. Art O'Cal had a great stat about that, which I have to go find now on Twitter, about how rare and odd um, that situation is. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, listen, uh, yes, it's the 14th time in NHL history, first since Detroit in 1983, that a team has allowed nine or more goals in a game, then scored nine or more goals in their next game. That's courtesy of ESPN Stats and Info. Now, and it was more- against a team that you said is one of the better teams in hockey. Yeah, but they're also not a you know a, a, a tight, well goaltending machine either. You know, so I'm, it's not so each game isolated isn't that crazy, right? Because Buffalo hasn't been a great team. Their goaltending's kind of been a bit of in flux. So they give up nine to Columbus. I was a little disturbed that it was at home, but hey, you know it happens. But then they turn around the very next night, and that's kind of how Buffalo's been. You, you take a look. You know, they come into Madison Square Garden, they beat the Rangers, and there's other nights they're a complete no show. I, I just think the final answer to this is there is parity in this league like like nowhere else, I think, in sports, where it just you talk about any given night, it's literally any given night. And we saw it with the San Jose Sharks, who were the worst team in the NHL, and all of a sudden they start scoring goals and they beat the Devils, they they beat the Islanders, they almost beat the Rangers, you know, so that's supposed to represent the worst. The Ducks are there too, and yet we've seen the Ducks play great hockey for stretches and and beat some really good teams. So there really isn't that big a difference night to night between the worst team and the best team. Now, over time, you're going to get exposed. Your weaknesses are going to become frayed, and and you will you'll end up losing. And the better teams, the cream will fly to the top over an 82 game schedule. But on any given night, who knows? Honestly, who? In God's name knows what's going to happen once they drop the puck. I will say this one was a little more surprising to me. Um, to say that Buffalo can't beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, I mean, like you said, anybody can win on any given night. To give up nine goals um, and to look as flat, I believe Austin Matthews said it's the worst game he's ever seen the team play since he's been there. Yeah. Um, there haven't been many. I can't imagine there was that many blowout losses that he's been a part of just because he's such a good talent and the team has been good since he's been there. Um, so that says something. Um, it's definitely something that they have to clean up. Uh, and look, we've talked about it, Don. With every one of the teams that we have in our top five that we think are one of the best teams in hockey, they've had games this year where you say, wow, they look awful. Yeah. Um, and 
that just shows you there's not a Boston Bruins this year of they're going to run the table and they're going to make it all the way uh, to the playoffs and then see what happens. And we saw what happened to the Bruins in the playoffs. Uh, well, all of these teams can be beat because they all have flaws. See, that's the thing. Over an 82-game stretch, you are going to figure it out if you're good and, and you will get exposed if you're not. Now, you get to the playoffs... You get rid of the, as Michael K would say, the flotsam and jetsam of it. But still, there are, you're still talking about 16 of the 32 teams. So there are going to be some teams that are better than others. Tell me when but ready. you can't have a bad week. You know, you saw the what Rangers. Was that? Did you hear well, that, Don? Oh, yeah. It sounded like Michael K was trying to infiltrate our game misconduct podcast. He's never been on this podcast. I always well, wanted to be on this podcast. Wow. I, I, this is uh, surprising. How are you? I'm great. It's like a How Christmas miracle. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> How is your vacation? It was really good. Really good. Missed you guys, but it was great. It, it looks like you're really enjoying yourself on the cruise and on television since you've come back. With you got the whole, tan, uh, didn't you, Kester? Yeah. You could see it. Better makeup. Oh, wow. Yeah. How about that? Now, now, this obviously was a, a little crossing of the wires, but let's take advantage of it if you have 30 seconds. Of course. Um, I don't know if you saw that um, the, the tweet that was sent out on our mass text messages last night from uh, Nielsen talking about the uh, the ratings in the, in the I guess, the five major sports counting MLS. Did you, did you see this? I did, I did see it, yep. And, and I just want to be able to punch it up here. I wasn't expecting to, to talk about it. I don't know if you have it there, Anthony. Um, I got it somewhere. Good thing this uh, is edited. Yeah, well, we'll edit it. Down. But just, but basically, that that just by a little bit. No, nah, football 20K, was just twenty k more uh, people watch NHL games than MLB games on average. Three ninety eight k. Yeah, three seventy eight. So it's like you know. So obviously, football was way ahead of everybody else, embarrassing everybody else. Then it was basketball, hockey, baseball, and MLS. And I was I was shocked by it. I just what was your initial reaction? And what 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 do you? I'm a hockey guy. You're a baseball guy. As a baseball guy, what do you take from those numbers? Well, I was a little bit surprised. Obviously, you're never surprised how football dominates. I mean, when I looked, I think what was it? Seven million, Anthony? Something like that? Nine, I think. Nine million. Yeah, so, nine million. Um. The only thing I could figure out is that baseball's double the games, so it's going to be spread out. There, there are some games that aren't going to mean as much. In hockey, there's 82 games, and baseball is 162. Uh, but it still surprised me that hockey uh, did average more than baseball. Uh, yeah. I think, and I think it's going to get worse, Don and Anthony, because uh, we're getting back to the haves and have-nots time in baseball, where there are a certain number of teams that can afford players and others can't. I think you're going to go into this season and there's not going to be, you know, there aren't going to be every single team that's going to have a chance to get into the playoffs. And I think that's a bad thing. And that that certainly does drop viewership quite a bit. Yeah, because the one thing the NHL and even the NBA have is that there are teams that aren't very good that still might be able to sneak into the playoffs and make those games meaningful where there's going to be a chunk of baseball teams that they're out of it by June and there's really no reason to watch. And it is it is weird, though, because, the you know, yes, games, uh, the Yankees, you know, we average like, you know, seven, eight hundred thousand viewers a game. So that means if you take out teams like the Yankees, uh, how much lower is the uh, is the average then? Yeah, it's not well, good. Saying, 
Yeah, I'm sure hockey, same thing. I mean, you, you take the you know the Rangers and and the Flyers and like some of the bigger bigger you know market teams that do you know ratings too. I mean, it's a regional sport; it's going to happen. But uh, I, I was just taken aback by. I mean, good for hockey that it's kind of climbing up there. Um, and you can't even use the app excuse because yes, there's a lot of teams like the Yankees who are putting games on Amazon Prime and, and all that. But yeah, you know, the NHL too with the, with the new deal with ESPN, uh, there's a bulk of games that are on ESPN Plus that are streamed and uh, football streaming their games on Thursday. So everybody's kind of in the same boat there. But I, I thought it was interesting. Um, I'm very surprised you came on. This is good. I, I, this is out of nowhere. Some lines got crossed, and all of a sudden I'm hearing a voice from, from the past because we haven't worked together in a while. Not, and this not, was nice. Not, not, not the real distant past, huh? Well, when like you, we, a voice we, from beyond. But when you see somebody every single day, or you're, you talk to them every day, and they're a part of your life five days a week, I and, wonder though, even if you've missed me, I, I, I've, I've articulated I mean, from, that to uh, Anthony. Here's, here's the yeah, that truth. was a tough, that was a tough text. Yeah. Um, on it's two weeks today, the last time we spoke, so that's a long time for when you don't when you see somebody every day, right? And it's not the summer. I'll uh, say this: he nailed Don. He Don nailed Michael that it was you with a one point play on the Rams. I, I kept just it knew. hidden because I knew you would want to want Don to say his first, and then you would make your pick. You know, and I didn't know, but I guess that it. game. Is that you know? I just I tuned in in the second half because I had to do the hot stove last night, and uh, tuned in, in the second half, and it's it's a blowout. But then all of a sudden, there's a block punt. Yeah, it makes it thirty to twenty-two, and I said, "You watch, you just watch." It was a sweat, no doubt. They're, they're going to score another touchdown, and they're going to lose by one, and and we're both going to lose. But I was in the unenviable situation, Don. When I saw you made a three-point pick, I said, "He's I got to root against myself." Yeah, I hate I have that. A one point pick. It's, yeah. this, this this competition has ruined football for me. I because ruined, I said it, it, to myself, I've got to lose this pick because he's got to have a three. If he gets a three pointer, then then I I'm really got a lot of no. pressure on me to pick a three pointer right. It is killer. It is. It, it's terrible. But uh, yeah, it was. Um, I knew it was you because it was because of the one point play and because it was the Rams and you had won with the Rams the week before. So I just I had a feeling it was you. Plus, Peter's on Brazilian time, and he probably didn't even know who was playing. So The guy cannot stay off social media, by the way. I don't get it, man. Just take it all. He's got a problem. Just send You're... the pictures of Natalie. That's all we want to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's another. It's, uh, 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 all right. Well, Michael, we, we will, uh, j- listen, Merry Christmas. Enjoy well, your I'll holiday you and your New Year. I've before, but yes, Merry Christmas yes. to you and, and Nancy and the kids. And you oh, that's you awesome. too, Anthony. Thank you, Michael. Same to you and the family. Oh, that's awesome. It was fun talking to him. And I guess we could, we were just talking about that to bring up the numbers that the NHL is outrating the NFL, the um, MLB. And we can, we can make excuses and why this and why that. I mean, there's reasons for everything. I don't think anybody is ever going to suggest that baseball is not as popular as hockey in, in the United States. That's silly. The way I look at it is it just shows you how this sport is growing. It also shows you, Anthony, that moving back to ESPN and ABC was huge for this sport. I mean, NBC did a great job, but it just was not in the rotation for sports fans. NBC Sportsnet and and all that compared to what ESPN brings to the table when it comes to sports. And I know we both work at ESPN, so we're biased, but it's a fact that when you're a sports fan, ESPN is going to be on your radar. NBC Sportsnet or going back to Versus or OLN, whatever, it was not. 
So now you've entered a platform that is in within reach of the sports fan, and and the, and the sport's been good, and we're just talking about all the goals that are being scored and and all that. Um, I think it's a it's a real good direction moving forward for the NHL. So I didn't look at that as much of a negative uh, of baseball the way I think Michael probably did. A little taken back by that, but uh, more of a positive of where the NHL is growing in in the United States and and will continue to grow, which is really a good thing. I've been I was stunned that you mentioned his name and he appeared. Yeah, that was weird, like, right? I, there was no... You knew that I had a chance to have to record with Michael, but I didn't tell you that he but, was there. I didn't say he's connecting right now. And you said his name and he heard you because I looked over and I saw that he was connected and it just worked out beautifully. So that's a nice little Christmas present for everyone. And I can't even remember what I was uh, referring to what he says. Well, because we, we, so much has happened, I forgot what we were talking about. Um, but anyway, um, so that's so Buffalo, just any given night, kind of crazy stuff. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a real problem in New Jersey uh, with the Devils. Uh, I don't it's think it can good. be ignored. Uh, last night was disturbing in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, falling behind as quickly as they did. Schmidt gets pu- pulled. And and then Vanacek plays well. I mean, he makes 20 straight saves, I think it was, to close out the second period. Devils come back from 2 nothing down, three unanswered goals to take a 3-2 lead, which is kind of their MO. No lead safe because they're so good offensively. But they're so irresponsible with the puck, Anthony. They turn it over so much. I mean, a lot of this is they're not great defensively because their forwards aren't very good defensively. And you're telling me a team like that's going to make a run in the playoffs when they're that irresponsible with the puck? And I, and I like Jack Hughes. I think he's one of the best players in the NHL but he tries to do too much and he plays with the puck at his own blue line turns it over it, it cost him a game against Philadelphia when he coughed it up uh, for the overtime goal by Tippett same thing last night turning the puck over creating all these odd man rushes because there's just no defensive responsibility and Edmonton walks into the third period scores four unanswered goals and wins 6-3 scored three goals in a minute and nine seconds so you can look at it we had Ray Ferraro on the Michael K show uh, he thinks that a goaltender is needed more than anything else and he beats probably right but they they need more than just that they need sound defense and they've got to you know lindy ruff's got to sit down with these forwards and say you can't try to make things happen all the time there's another there's another side of the puck that has to be taken care of defensively you got no hope if you're not going to do that well listen don i don't want to this is probably me being a little presumptuous and it's it's very early and it's it's early in this in this deal. By the way, you printing Luther's ninety five reasons. Like, what what do we got going on back there? Oh, you can hear that. Oh no, just very slightly. Um, oh, I'm because oh, I'm, I'm, I'm I got a game tonight. I'm doing Rangers Oilers. I'm printing out my stats. You I got nail, a multitask, you, man. There's them? not a lot of time in the day. I got a case show to, to do. Door? I got twins running around upstairs. No, not in school today. I had kickboxing to do. How is kind of multitask? We'll talk about it later. How are you? I'm like Kelsey. I'm like Travis Kelsey. Two things at once, man. Did you get cinnamon rolls from Nancy? No. Okay. Are you going to no nail them to the door? The, the notes, sir. Anyway, <laughs> no, 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 um, no, no, this, no. I wonder if the Devils are going to question the Lindy Ruff deal. Now he's a great defensive coach. There's no question about that. But it seems like every move they've made so far this year. The defense hasn't gotten better, and the goaltending is 
a big problem. Vanacek and Schmid are not going to be able to get this team to where they want to go in terms of making the next step and possibly making an Eastern Conference final or a cup final. Um, and they're struggling. And look, we see it with Connor McDavid. And Connor McDavid heaped a ton of praise on all the Hughes brothers, specifically Jack. But we see it in Edmonton. You, you could have one of the best players in hockey, and if you don't have the defense and goaltending to back it up, it doesn't matter. You're going to lose games more often than not, and that's what we're seeing here. See, that's the thing, is that this is not basketball, okay? Where you could be driven by one or two stars, they're going to figure it out, outscore the opponent, you go home. There's a lot of other things besides scoring that helps you win in the National Hockey League. You need good goaltending. You have to be defensive, uh, have defensive, um, the ability to defend. I guess I'm trying to spit it out there. Defensive responsibility in order for you to be able to go out there and win. So it's well, not it's just give me right? the puck and I'm going to score and we're going to win 6-5 every single night. It doesn't work that way. Well, look, it's defensive structure, right? Look at what Laviolette did by implementing the 1-3-1 with the Rangers. It's basically the same team outside of a couple of bottom six guys, yet they've managed to find a way to win more face-offs, be better in their defensive zone, and get out in a better way. Now, Lindy Ruff made that, that... That double team last year was very good defensively. They weren't having games like this. Actually, you know where it showed up? It showed up in the Rangers series, where they would get blown out, and then they would blow teams out. But you don't want that to become a habit. You don't want that to become something right. that... That you you say, all right, well, this is something that we now have to deal with day in and day out. Like they had now, Dougie Hamilton not being there, huge, huge loss. Obviously, the backbone of that defense, but they should be better than the way they're playing. And you brought up, you just answered the question with the Rangers series. Well, what's the Rangers' problem? You know, the Rangers, especially last year, they didn't have the defensive structure. They freelanced way too much. They were way too reliant on the on the power play. And then when that became a five on five series. Uh, the Devils were able to take advantage. Then the Devils went up against the Carolina team that's way more responsible defensively. D- didn't allow them to do that, and they got beat in five games. Like, it's all, you know, um, styles make fights. That's kind of the way it is in the NHL. That was a good matchup for the Devils. It was a bad matchup for the Rangers. We maybe didn't really understand it at the time, but looking back at it, that's clearly was the case. That's why they go out and they get Peter Laviolette with the 1-3-1 and, and creating something that's got a little bit more structure to it. So Rangers hopefully will learn from that. Uh, the Devils didn't. You know, the Devils kind of doubled down in in, in, the, in that way by giving Timo Meyer the money, and he finally scored last night. Good on him. Uh, so, but that's not the problem. The problem is, you know, you lose Graves, you lose um, Severson, um, you're bringing in young defensemen who are going to make these types of mistakes because that's the, it's easy for them to go out there and freelance and play offensively. It's the defensive game that sometimes takes a little longer to do. And Lindy's a defensive guy. He was a defenseman in the NHL. He was a defensive coach with the Rangers. So it's a little surprising that these lapses are taking place here. But you make a good point. They had to give him the contract based on how great last year was. But they, And I don't think they're going to make a change now because that's a lot of money for, for that franchise to eat. But, you know, I, I watched that game last night, and I'm like, you know, it, it's, it's not a trade or two away. It's a style. It's a system that's really lagging there. And I thought the same thing you did. This seems like a coaching problem as much as it is a personnel problem, and that's not a place you want to be in in the National Hockey League. No, and it was a problem before last year. Lindy Ruff was in danger of losing his job. Um, that team had talent, and everyone thought that they needed to be better. They turned it around last year, and they thought, this is the turnaround. You get Timo Meyer, you have Dougie Hamilton, you have Heischer, you have Hughes. You think, okay, this is going to be a, a team that's now going to be competing for a playoff spot year in and year out and win a couple of rounds. And look, they, it, there's still plenty of season to go. With Hughes and Heischer, anything can happen, but 
Right now, they're on the outside looking in, and if they keep playing like this, it's going to be very hard for them to climb back into the Metro race. Now, before we get to our top five, um, we should mention Alexander Ovechkin gets off the schneid. Hadn't scored in 13 games. He picked the perfect time to break it by scoring in overtime to beat Columbus uh, in that game and, and score his sixth goal of the season. Maybe this can be what pro- kind of breaks Ovechkin uh, loose here. He's not played poorly, but he hasn't played to the level we're used to him seeing and maybe seemed to step too slow. But maybe this is the type of goal that will kind of get things going. 40, that ship's probably sailed. But to get 30-plus, I think, still can happen. But he's got to get going here. Maybe that's the game to get it going for him. So that's what you want to talk about in this game? Well, we do have what was a very – I I wanted to get that out of the way. Get your comment and then the whole – it, uh, it was a very interesting little uh, skirmish there uh, in the goal mouth with uh, with Tom Wilson, which I, I I think that was more reputation than anything. Didn't you? I mean, did, I don't want to oh, say it was an innocent play. 100%. But, Absolutely. You're you know, 100% right. But but it's not like we haven't seen those types of things before. I mean, it was just a, it was a collision in goal, but it was just like uh, you, you see who it is and all of a sudden you're enraged because it's him. Yeah, I think it's certainly on reputation. I don't think he did anything particularly wrong. That being said, uh, the, knowing the way Tom Wilson plays, I'm sure that Elvis Mers- something happened to Elvis Merzlikens at one point in his career as a result of Tom uh, Wilson. And look, it's it, the, the the visual that the Capitals got after the goal of everyone staring at Merzlikens as he went off the ice is very funny. Um, you got to be able to back it up. And um, the Blue Jackets said that the Merzlikens penalty cost them because that's what cost them the yeah. game. And Ovechkin finally put one in. And it's interesting because Merzlikens' name is being bounced around as a possible candidate to go to New Jersey. We'll see if that happens. But the more Washington continues to win, they got the Strom overtime goal against the Islanders. They get the Ovechkin overtime goal last night against Columbus. So they're starting to win now as they uh, are sitting there as the first wildcard team with 38 points. Uh, Washington, but the Columbus is out of it. So where is Merzlikens going to go? Is it going to go to New Jersey? Is he going to go to Carolina? It'll be interesting to see how... Um, Columbus moves forward. They're not out of it yet, but at the same time, they're way... I don't think they're making the playoffs, but will they make that kind of a deal with a divisional opponent? It's got to make sense for both, right? And it's it's tough. Merzlikens has his moments. I'm not... I wouldn't be so nervous to trade him away if I was Columbus to a division rival. Right. Um, sure, he'll burn you maybe a game or two. I don't think he's the game-breaker that is going to put you, make you the difference between being, say, a playoff team and a cup team. Um, but a team that needs a goaltender, of course, you want to, you, you take a shot. But I'm sure that there's going to be a, a price to pay if you're yeah. a division rival trying to get him. But, you know, again, New Jersey's got other problems. I think Carolina's sole problem is goal. So I think the team that, that has the best chance of getting him and doing something with him is Carolina over New Jersey. Because I don't know if Merzlikens is going to solve all of the Devils' problems. I think Merzlikens would do a world of good for Carolina. Agreed. You ready for the top five? Oh, I'm writing it down right now on my little uh, on my little notepad here. I'm ready to go. You ready? I'm ready. All right, go. here we go. Don LaGreca's Friday Top Five. Yeah! Number five. There, there's been a bit of inconsistency with this team. We talked about it with EJ, but the Dallas Stars, they've won a couple of games in a row, 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. I, I think there's something going on with Ottinger that needs to get kind of straightened out, but still they found a way to be able to continue to win and keep pace with the Avalanche. As a matter of fact, they're in first place in the Central because they have played two less 
games uh, than the Avalanche. So Dallas is in really good control there in the Central Division. And the plus 13 goal differential is outstanding. I, I, I like Dallas at five. Yeah, I like uh, I like that. I'm going to go with a new uh, member of my top oh, nice. five, and that's going to be the Winnipeg Jets, seven mm. two and one in their last ten. They have 41 points, and here's somebody who's out of my top five: the Boston Bruins. Now, how about that? This could be a th- this is this is we're going to call this the number five game tonight because Boston plays Winnipeg. If Boston wins, I'll put them back in the top five for today. But right now, because Winnipeg has played better, Boston's 5-2-3 and three in their last 10. They've lost two overtime games in a row. I am going to go with the Winnipeg Jets like at number it. 5, barring tonight's contest. Number 4. I thought about Winnipeg. I, I was thinking about thought having about Winnipeg it. in the top 5. But you know who, who you I wanted out? to throw some love to at 4? And you could argue this, but I, I and you know they stumbled a bit, you know, with the, with the loss last night to Nashville. I'm going to throw the Philadelphia Flyers then at number four, Ooh. seven one and two in their last ten. You know they're kind of do. I'm not sure how they're doing it. I mean they don't really have anybody that's having an amazing year. But you brought it up with EJ on Wednesday that they're finally getting. Some really gold, good goaltending with Carter Hart. And they, they've got a lot of different players that have been able to contribute there. And I think John Tortorella is doing a terrific, terrific job. Their plus 10 goal differential has been great. They've been outstanding on the road this year at 10-4-2. and two. I've got the Philadelphia Flyers at 4. I have Dallas at 4. I have okay. them at 4. Um, for all the reasons that you said, I think they're playing really well. Yes, they do have to figure out what's going on with Ottinger because I do think he's a better goalie than he's been playing as recently. But their offense is great. Matt Duchesne has been huge on that team. Uh, they are currently have the third most points in the West. Uh, and they've played three less games than both Vancouver and Vegas. So I'm going to put uh, Dallas at number four. Number three. You no, know, you could do what I know. I understand you have Boston out, um, which I do as well. Because I was thinking, what do I do with Vegas, Boston? I'm going to keep Vegas in the top five, and I'm going to have them at three. They've lost a couple of games in a row, but still dominant at home, something they were not last year. Uh, The goal differential is outstanding at plus 28, second best in the league. Um, I like this Vegas. They've played a lot of games, but so is Vancouver, so they really haven't. Nobody's running away with the Pacific Division at all, so that's going to be a great race down the road. Same with the Central Division, too. The West is going to have a lot of fun with their divisions, but I've got the Vegas Golden Knights at number three. Yep, I agree with you. I know two-game losing streak, but they're playing very well. They are tied in points with Vancouver. I'm going to keep Vegas at three. Number two. This was a tough one because you can make the case that they're number one, the way they bounce back from losing three out of four. But I've been impressed with the New York Rangers. They had four games with Boston and Toronto, you know, two each. They beat Boston twice, bounced back from the 7-3 loss to Toronto with the impressive 5-2 win. The power play's been good, goals in five consecutive games. Trocek has been outstanding. Lafreniere had a big goal against Toronto. Igor Shosturkin, that national nightmare is over as he had the big, uh, the big wins against Boston and Toronto in this current three-game winning streak i've got the rangers at number two yep rangers at two four less uh games than vancouver and vegas and only two points behind but it's going to be hard for me to project out how they're going to play in those games they have bounced back much better than they did a week ago when i had them uh struggling to stay in the top five they have uh gone back to what i think is a much more sound structure and they look better uh but i'm going to keep them at number two because i think we have the same number one yeah. number one yeah! 
Best offense I was gonna in say, hockey. Yeah, let's um, let's Selma and Louise this uh, with uh, the Vancouver Canucks as the best team in the NHL, and it's not that awful because they are definitely the best team. They've got 22 wins, just tied with the Rangers for the most in the NHL. 47 points tied with Vegas for the most in the NHL. The plus goal differential is 43. That's best in the NHL. Seven one and two in their last ten, despite the overtime loss last night. Uh, what can you say? Every week we say the same thing about this Canucks team. They're not going away. Uh, they're an outstanding team up and down. It may be, you, you kind of saw it a little bit last year, Anthony, and they just kind of ran out of road, but uh, now they've continued where they left off, and they're outstanding, and they deserve to be number one. Yeah, and I think they have a good goaltending tandem in Demko and DeSmith. Uh, I like mm. Demko. Uh, I think he could be, if he's not a top 10 goaltender in the league, I think he certainly could be considered to be. Um, DeSmith is a solid backup, and as long as that lasts, they both have goal GAAs under 2.45. That's amazing. Both save percentages over 920. Um yeah, and the way that they're scoring, I mean, take a, you could look at it, Don. You know, JT Miller's got 46 points. They've got Besser with 24 goals. Uh, they've got, let's see, how many they have? One, two, three, four, five guys with double-digit goals already. Um, Pedersen, Miller, Besser, uh, Mikheyev, and uh, Hoglander. Um, pretty impressive to me. A lot of good plus-minuses in there. Their power play is great. Quinn Hughes is a fantastic young defenseman. Those Hughes brothers, there's something in the water there. Uh, Vancouver, number one. All right, let's close it out with some tweets, shall we? I think we should. All right, Brian says, hey, Don and Anthony, happy holidays. Same happy to you, holidays. Brian. Rangers are in desperate need for a third center. Do you see any way they can get Elias Lindholm? Would be a perfect fit or no? I think it would be a perfect fit, and certainly Calgary is going to be uh, shipping bodies off. Uh, that That is somebody that you're going to have to give up a lot for because I think there's a lot of teams that would like him. He can slide up to wing. He can play center. I think there's a very good chance that they're going to be in the hunt for him. Well, it's interesting. I was looking at a podcast. The name is escaping me now, and I'll have to give them credit. Maybe I'll have to tag the uh, the tweet when I find it. Um, somebody suggested that if Hedo comes back at any point this year, does he get right wing one minutes? Because, yes, he's a center, but they are missing that other wing. And if they don't go out and get a wing, can they put Hedo at wing and then go get the center? You take a look at a guy like Lindholm, and that's a guy that would be interesting and would definitely fill that spot that they need. I think what Vincent Trocek has done this year is nothing short of incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they expected more from him last year when he came from Carolina, and he was that second-line center type. And the fact that he uh, was on the third line a lot of last year was a lot to do with play. I don't think he was at the level that he is right now. He's playing fantastic. He's got great chemistry with Panarin and Lafreniere. So I would argue that that might even be the top line for the Rangers this year. I know that the Zabanejad Kreider line is always considered line one, but for me, line one is that Trocheck line. He's great on faceoffs. Um, yeah, that's somebody that you certainly would consider. One way or the other, Don, a top nine forward has to come into this lineup, whether it's Kako coming back from injury, Hedl returning from what is a scary concussion situation, or getting somebody. But to say that they're in desperate need, I mean, we just labeled them the second best team in hockey in our top yeah. five, and they're playing very, very well. I understand everybody's concern, but I don't think Chris Drury has done a very good job of figuring out things that they need, and I wouldn't hate to bring back Frank Vetrano because the Italian influence is very strong in New York right now. We've got Tommy <laughs> Cutlets, we'll have Tommy, we'll have Frankie V, we'll have Vinny Trocheck, and then I think everything comes together and everybody gets to eat good veal parm. So I think that yeah, would be the good way to go. You're so right. Desperate need. This team is two points away from being the best team in the NHL, and they've got four games in hand on the two teams that have 47 points. So this had you can make the case that the Rangers are the best team in the NHL. We didn't have them there. 
um, but it, it, it's close. To say desperate is a little ridiculous. David said, Penguins have won four of their last five and are starting to put things together, a consistent 60-minute effort. Their goaltending has been really solid, and the power play is finally getting starting to gel. The Metro is a mess, so can't they push into the top three? Uh, I'm going to say no. A, listen, Sydney's been playing. He scored again last night, and, and, and I don't think so because – they kind of like they're part of why the Metro's a mess, right? Because nobody's been able to put it together consistently. Like everybody's in love with the Islanders right now, the way they've played. Can they maintain that? Um, the same with Philadelphia. Is this for real? We're going to find out. As a couple of times, it looks like it's not, and then they put together a nice effort again. Pittsburgh, the same thing. You can't follow up winning five out of six and then dropping four in a row. So I need to see more. But they're still right there. You know, there's a lot of teams between them and the two seed for the wild card. But they've got 33 points. They're they're only five points back at Carolina. And they've got uh, two games in hand on Carolina. But the Hurricanes are going to get better. Tampa's going to get better. All right. So even if you tell me Washington's not going to sustain, Devils are a mess, you know, Red Wings still have a lot of work to do. Okay. But you've got Tampa sitting on the outside. They're going to be better. Carolina, to me, is going to end up in the top three spots uh, in the Metropolitan Division. So the question is can Pittsburgh be better than the Islanders? Can they be better than the Flyers? Yes. But can they be better than Tampa? I, I don't think so. Well, so, yeah. So um, we'll uh, see. And David said top three in the Metro, right? Yes. That's what he said. Yeah, I, I'm going to say no. Uh, I think Philly and the Islanders have shown enough now that you'd think that they're going to be able right. to keep themselves afloat here. Uh, I think I think I agree with you 100%. Carolina is better, and I do think you're going to see something out of the Devils. If they get a goaltender, if they get a defenseman with Dougie out right. for as long as he is, I think they're going to be better. And yes, the Devil. if you wanted to pit right now the Devils versus the Penguins, I think the Penguins have the edge. But over time, I think the Devils are better. They're deeper, especially offensively. Um no, I don't see I don't see Pittsburgh getting into the top three in the Metro. Could they make the playoffs? Sure. I, I, there's not many teams right now that you could tell me, Don, where I'd say I do, they can't make the playoffs, other than like maybe Columbus, Ottawa, maybe Buffalo, uh, and, and then even yeah. in, even in the West too. Like uh, we we keep talking about Edmonton, they're still at 29 points, Don. They went seven three and zero in the last ten. They're still at 29 points. Yeah, it's crazy. So right? and they're seven points behind Arizona. So yeah, this... you know that that that's not exactly. And if we're gonna say that they have a shot, well then I guess everybody has a shot. Yeah, I I put them in there. Listen, can anything happen? But you look over recent history, I I don't think it's going to. And you mentioned, you know, the matchup with New Jersey. They never seem to be able to beat New Jersey, which is something you're going to have to do when you play them if you're going to want to kind of get back in there. Um, God, there's so many people, Chris, Matt, Adam, all wanting to talk about Lindy Ruff. It's amazing. Devil fans are in panic mode now, and rightly so. And I think everybody saw that last night where I think Lindy's name is now getting thrown into the hopper of problems there with the Devils. So it's, it's a we scary kind of talked about that earlier, but I want to acknowledge those people that have tweeted that, yes, we're it's on our radar as well. It's a scary place to be, especially, look, if you want to take it to another sport, heck, we've talked about baseball here already. We haven't gotten a Nick reference, and we'll figure that out at some point. But um, it's like the Giants with Brian Dable. You think you have the coach, right? And... You turned it around with a team that you didn't think was going to be all that great, and you think you have pieces that are going to be able to get you to the next step, and then you have a down year. Are you questioning Brian Dable? Are you questioning Lindy Ruff? Um, now, look, Brian Dable, I think, in, I don't know about in your mind, Don, but in my mind, I think he's kind of saved a little bit. Um, he's saved himself, I should say, a little bit because of the way that they've finished out this year. Right. Because they are fighting and they are playing hard. And I'm not saying the Devils aren't playing hard, but if the defense doesn't get better, and that's Lindy's specialty, 
you're going to have to start questioning where where you're going and what you're doing. No, and if no Dougie question. Hamilton's the only piece that's going to keep that together, people get hurt. So they're going to have to go out and find a defenseman. Lindy's going to have to change up some stuff because if the goaltending isn't where it needs to be, you have to play a little bit better in your own zone. All right, let's close it out with Jimmy, who says, Happy holidays, guys. Do you think the NHL would ever consider switching to the bigger rink they use in international play? 100% absolutely never. <laughs> it's not going to happen because the reason for that is is that in order to do that, unless you're going to blow up every building in the NHL and remake it, you're going to have to give up seats. <laughs> and, and then they're not going to do that. They're not going to take out three, four rows and a, a few hundred seats at a premium price at it would it would it be interesting with all of this skill how crazy would it be to see that yeah it would be crazy it'd be fun but it just would never happen i guess my answer is, i guess my question is why i mean I, I, yes more skill sure i don't think there's any i don't think anybody's clamoring for that especially players um i'm sure the younger guys and the guys internationally it is an adjustment for them because they have tighter spaces but I don't think that that's ever going to happen. No, and again, it, it's not going to happen. But I, I, I appreciate the question for sure. All right, so guys, we love doing this podcast. It's so much fun to be able to do it. All the money it, we make off it, it's unbelievable. You know, no, but listen, I, I'm not saying it for you know to be patted on the back, but you know, we do this just because it's fun. I mean, we it, it's it, it's it's on the arm. But we're not looking for charity. We do it. It just shows you how much we love hockey. And, and Anthony and I don't get a chance to talk about it much on the K show, although maybe we should look at you know, the, the stat that we threw out there earlier on the podcast. But we know that there's people that are there dying for it, and we can give you even more in-depth stuff than we could even on the occasion we do talk about it on the Michael K show. And it's fun. I love Anthony's uh, and respect his opinion. So um, it's, it's always a joy to talk to him. But life does get in the way and, and the holidays and everything. So we will reconvene probably um that wednesday uh january 3rd so we can kind of keep it on schedule there'll still be games of course the nhl will shut down after the 23rd and come back on the 24th for the holiday so we won't miss a lot but uh we'll, we'll get into it we'll have a winter classic to kind of recap and all that so why don't we reconvene anthony on january 3rd by the way it looks amazing did you see the, the yeah. Seattle? oh my god yeah seattle does it right it's going to be a lot of fun so Looking forward to that, and then when we come back, we'll we'll be in the 24 portion of the 23-24 schedule. Uh, we'll be close to 40 games in, so we're almost to the halfway mark. We'll have outdoor games to preview coming up in February, and before you know it, uh, the playoffs will be here. So uh, listen, buddy, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Looking forward to talking to you on the 3rd. Same to you, Don, and same to all the listeners. Really do appreciate this, guys. You don't know how much we do. Um, we love doing this podcast. Mm. We love being able to interact with you. So uh, thank you so much, and we'll see you in the new year. You got to talk to you later. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.